Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today in the pod, Rachel and Kristen from Clarity on Fire. We're releasing this podcast today because as we go through this health and now economic crisis, it's important to be mindful about what you're looking for in a job. Beyond just cashing a check, which is necessary, a time like this can provide a moment of reflection about what you like and what you don't like and help you craft a plan of attack for how to go get what you want out of life. Okay, that's really all I'm going to say before we get into the podcast with these two amazing girls, and we're just so lucky to be able to hear what they have to say. Rachel and Kristen, hi. Hi. Oh, we just said it at the same time. That's. I mean, that's planned, right? Yeah. Totally. Oh, God. Yeah, our <laughs> Very life, in character. Our life is a series of being mistaken for each other, which if you knew us in person would never happen, but because most people know us as just those two blonde girls, that's, yeah, we get mixed up. Disembodied voices on a podcast, it's easy to get us confused. So I'm Rachel. And I'm Kristen. Amazing. And in my imagination right now, you guys are wearing the same outfit and you're sharing one microphone. Well, we are kind of wearing the same outfit. Not really. Not, we are I mean, sharing a microphone, we're, but we're in we're, yoga pants. Yeah. I mean, we look like we just worked out. So the work from home uniform. Yeah. I love it. That's I have the I have on the same uniform, but the <laughs> the male version. Yeah, I was about to say maybe not yoga pants. <laughs> no, actually, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna tell the podcast listeners they it's yoga pants. It's a total girl outfit. No, I'm I'm just uh, I'm just joking. But. <laughs> He's got like a girl boss glittery like racerback tank top on right now. <laughs> well, that's the a beauty top of not on top of his head. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a podcast. Who knows? Right? Who knows? <laughs> that's that's why I got into this. So I can be my authentic self, which is what we're going to talk about this whole episode of yeah. finding finding your true self. But I guess we should start with who you guys are, how you became friends, and what you do now. Okay, let's try to give you the really quick backstory. Because I feel like people, they care about backstories. But when I listen to a podcast, I'm always like, how does this apply to me? Get to the point, lady. So <laughs> Kristen and I have been friends for, oh, about 12 years now. We met in college and we got to the point where when we graduated, I mean, come on, like classic, I don't know, I spent my whole life just being a good student and doing what I was told. And now the only thing I'm qualified to do is something that I kind of arbitrarily picked in college because it was I, I was good at it, not because I cared, not because anyone had ever bothered to ask, what do you actually not just like, but enjoy what lights you up? What do you care about enough to actually want to commit your life to in some degree? No one ever asked us that. No. So we ended up in some pretty basic corporate type office jobs doing things that neither of us particularly cared about and almost instantaneously had simultaneous existential crises about is this it? Is this is this what I have to look forward to in life? This cannot be. Yeah, it. I don't think I can make it another 40 years if if this is what I have no. to look forward to. <laughs> so, uh because we were on the same page, it was good because we had like this one sort of person we could go back and forth with for moral support. Because to be frank, a lot of the people around us were not experiencing this. 
And I think that's more normal than people think. And maybe that's why people seek out podcasts and advice, because they feel like I'm the only one in the people around me who's asking questions, who feels like, am I the only one who's dissatisfied with this? Am I the only person who thinks that there might be something more or that thinks that I should be asking questions and no one else seems to be asking questions? What's wrong with me? And I think it was really good to have someone in, you know, mutually in our lives who was thinking the same things and asking the same questions because it makes you feel a lot less insane if at least one other person is validating you. And so we both have always been interested in psychology and personal development. And so around the same time, I started working with a therapist because I was just so depressed at my job that I was like, well, I'm interested in therapy. Maybe I'll go experience it for myself. It'll help me. And I'll decide if this is a career path I want to pursue. And I was working with a life coach. I was like, what is this whole life coaching thing? I don't know if this is really legit or not, but I'm going (laughs) to test it out and maybe try working with someone to see what it's like to see if this is more of what I want to do. And Rachel had a not so great experience with my therapist. There are a lot of good therapists out there. The one she worked with was not great. The coach I worked with was, was fantastic and helped me get clear on which direction I wanted to go in terms of this whole personal development psychology type career path. And I almost instantly said, okay, coaching, this is exactly what I was hoping that it was going to be. And it's exactly lined up with what I want to be doing for other people. And so pretty quickly after that, Rachel and I signed up for a coach training program. We knew all along, we had known for probably years we were going to start a business or do something together because we were asking a lot of the same questions and and going through a lot of the same struggles. And like both so fed up with just working a nine to five and not having any freedom or autonomy or agency. And so it just made sense to want to start a business together. And then once we'd had, you know, experience in these two different realms of personal development and realized that coaching really aligned more with what we both wanted to help other people do and what we wanted to do for ourselves, then it just made sense to go to coach training. And that's, you know, from there, how our current business unfolded, which we've been doing for technically seven years, but more legit, like, you know, four or I guess five or six. Yeah, the first couple of years don't count. They don't because really we were count. doing the throwing spaghetti up on the wall and seeing what stuck kind of approach to business. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit meandering at first, which I think is normal. So Now what we do, just to give like the one sentence brief description, is that we help people who know what they don't want, but have no idea what they'd rather be doing, get clear on, you know, their career and life direction and figure out where the hell they're going. (laughs) And we do one-on-one coaching, we have a couple of courses, and we have a podcast. And we also have a free quiz that will help give you get you started in terms of how you should be combining your career with your passion, which is the best starting point for yeah. the people who are asking that question, who Called are saying passion profile quiz. Yeah, who are saying, I I know that I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing, but that doesn't actually help me figure out what I want to be doing next instead. So there you go, Alex. Was that enough word vomit for you? <laughs> no, I love it. And there's so many interesting pieces to, to your guys' story. Uh, I mean, I love how you're able to go out into the world Hire a life coach, hire a therapist, see what they see what you like about it, see what they're doing, and say, Oh, this is this is interesting. I can do this. Like there's not you can't like go to a doctor and say, Oh, like I can do a better I can be a better doctor than <laughs> than you are. Um so that's that's so smart and resourceful of you to to go do that. Um 
And then, yeah, coming together and starting a business and, as you said, throwing spaghetti against the wall, finding what's working, what's what's not working. And then, yeah, getting into your uh, – finding your passion, your authentic self, which is something I always, always talk about. It's not easy to do. Like, it, you kind of need someone who knows how to go through the process, figure this, figure this out to kind of help advise you along the way. Mm-hmm. You just kind of triggered a thought in me, which is that – and I haven't – I don't know that I've ever said it quite like this before. So this will be interesting. But I think a lot of people think that finding their passion equates to being their authentic self. And I don't think that's necessarily true. Because I think a lot of people think that passion is a thing. And this is one of the biggest misconceptions that we correct people on all of the time. I think people have this idea that passion is something that should be encapsulated into one kind of concrete idea like I am a blank, like I am a doctor, I am a lawyer, I am a marketing executive or whatever, I am a startup founder, whatever. And it would be really convenient if that were true because it means your entire identity as a person could be distilled down to something bite-sized that you could put in an elevator pitch, you can put it on a resume, you can break it down into bullet points and people will understand it. But a person's identity is so much more complex than that and your passion can't easily actually be contained into one thing because you're going to grow in your life. You're going to evolve a lot and your interests and your values are going to shift and change too. And so to think that you should have to pick one thing and stick with it your whole life and if you're not doing that, then you're somehow doing passion wrong is untrue. So I think a lot of what we do is actually help people feel like they have permission to live authentically, but we have to first redefine what that actually means. And one of the things it doesn't mean is you figure out your singular passion and then you go do it and that means you're living an authentic life. That's actually not what it means. I would actually go even further than that, that if you feel as though in order to be my authentic self, I have to do this passion and my passion is a thing, which is what most people believe. And we have had to correct that in many people, many multiple times. And you can hear it and be like, yeah, 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 that's nice. <laughs> and maybe on the 10th time, you'll be like, no, okay, okay, I really get it. My passion is not one singular thing. But if you have to do that thing in order to be yourself, if for whatever reason, at some point in your life, you either can't do that thing anymore, maybe you said you want to be a doctor, but then maybe you have a hand injury and now you cannot perform surgery anymore. Now, not only can you not do your passion, you can't be your authentic self. So it is so limiting to assume that that in order to be myself, I have to do my passion, which I think a lot of us have this all wrapped up in our heads. Because you might change your mind, you might decide this no longer suits me anymore. And then you feel like you have lost your entire identity, instead of just a thing that you did, that you enjoyed for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Say I have a passion for watching Netflix shows. I come to you guys and it's like, boom, now you tell me what job I do and that pays me a million dollars to go watch TV. TV. Um, but well, yeah, That's what people it, want, for sure. That's what they want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, to it totally makes sense. If you're, say, your passion's you know medicine or something and you're going to be a doctor, but you get that hand injury. It's not like we're only, that's it. Like now, now my life's over. I mean, you, you're can be engaged, authentic, true self, whatever you want to call it. So many times in life, like when you're dealing with people or when you're around good food or when you're in a pretty environment. So like you just have to like kind of hone in on what all of those times are and then kind of start to like 
drive mm-hmm. yourself towards a job or career or something that that kind of en- encapsulates some of those things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And for now, and it might change and it likely will evolve and that's that's a normal part of the process. What we spend a lot of time helping people do because naturally the question becomes after people hear us say and they don't usually like to hear us say your passion isn't a thing so you need to first get over that (laughs) what they want to know is well then what is it how can I define it then if not by what I do and so we spend a lot of time helping people get clear on what their underlying deeper value system is like what is the golden thread or threads really because it's more than one that weave throughout your life that can express themselves at different times in different ways throughout the course of your life. So I use Kristen and me as an example because it's just easiest. But it's very clear if you look back over the past decade plus of our friendship, we've been interested in a lot of different things. Like first we wanted to, in college, we decided it'd be a great idea to start. We actually did start writing a relationship advice book for college age girls. I mean, I, I don't even know where it is now. And I, don't, I hope we never find it. I don't it. want to read it because I'm sure it was just so pretentious. Like, what does a 21-year-old have any, like... Any, we know about anything. Wait, like, what place did we have giving anyone else advice or guidance at that point? But we were attracted to the idea of giving people guidance and of helping people get clear on what's really getting in their way. And, you know, we were I was attracted to the idea of starting my own advice column at one point. And we wanted to, we were interested And I was writing in, articles for women in their career advice when I was 22. Yeah. And she, we were interested in therapy and we were interested in coaching. So, and that's just a snippet of the things that we've been attracted to over the course of our separate lives. And so I think the theme that underlies all of that is, you know, a real attraction to bettering oneself and helping people get clear on what's really going on, like getting to the root of the problem, not just treating symptoms, but understanding the cause of why people are the way they are and do what they do and helping people get out of their own way in whatever way that, and that can take so many different forms. And so that's what we try to help people understand and get to the root of is what is your actual deeper attraction, your underlying value system? Because Once you can get clear on that, the great thing is that it can manifest in a lot of different ways over the course of your life. So you're not limited to just one thing and you're not prevented from being able to grow and evolve, which is something you need to be able to to feel free to do as a human because it's just a necessary part of being a healthy human. Yeah. No, I – so I kind of have an interesting question here. I mean, I'm totally bought in on on what you guys are saying of finding out, you know, what's interesting and stimulating to your brain – currently and then finding a way to exercise that and fulfill it and get it into weave it into your job or career somehow. But let's say you have a good job, you work at a bank or a consulting company or something and you make money, but like you're not passionate about what you do. You could really just care less. It pays the bills. Um, and you come home and you love golf or sailing or something and you're able to exercise your passion on the weekends. I mean like that's mm-hmm. kind of how like our the older like our parents generation, like they had jobs. They pretty much all hated their jobs unless you're like a got lucky and were a doctor or a lawyer or something. And you come home and then you're yourself around your family on the weekends. So like, is that concept dead where a career is just a job and it has no. to it has it has to be so much more? That no. is such a good question. And I would say for some people that would be a perfectly fine setup. And for other people, that would be hell on earth. It's never gonna be enough for them. And that is actually what our quiz measures. So we have four categories that we put people in that help them determine how their greatest passions 
can connect with their work. And for some people, they really want to express those deeper passions. And like you said, the things that make them feel the most themselves in a way that pays for their life. That's a big part of it. For other people, they might not actually want to do that. They might not want to monetize sailing or or golf. They might just want to do those things for the intrinsic joy and the work can just provide for that. So it really gets down to this core set of values that you have in, in terms of what your passion is, but also how you express it. Well, how you combine it with the way that you prefer to spend your time and make money. And so that's what our quiz measures is the intersection between your passion and then how you want that to combine with your time and your money. And the reason that we harp on this a lot <laughs> is because it took us a really long time to get to the point where we realized that everyone is very, very fixated on figuring out what I think is step two of the process, which is what is my passion? That's the sexy question. That's the question everyone thinks is really interesting. It's the question that has launched a million TED Talks. It's also the question everyone asks you. So you feel like you need to have a good answer right. for it. Right, right, right. At cocktail parties and baby showers, people are asking you, you know, what do you do? And so you think that means I need to like have a really good answer and that I should be whatever I do, I should be really passionate about or somehow I'm doing it wrong. And what we, re we realized over time and like error in ourselves is that there's a better step one question. It's not that step two is an invalid question. It's just that it's not the right question to ask first. And the right question to ask first is, how am I supposed to actually be combining my career with things that are really fundamental to life, like time and money? Because there are people like you just described, we call them thrivers. If you take our quiz, like that's one of the four results who actually prefer for their time and their passion to be two separate entities. Like they would prefer, I mean, as far as like the the time they spend at work making money and their passion are two separate entities because you can often rob the intrinsic value from your passion if you're the kind of person who would rather keep them separate and then you try to combine them. So it's perfectly valid to be the kind of person who clocks in and clocks out and has a good job that they, you know, enjoy but doesn't necessarily light them up and then they are doing the things that really fulfill them on the evenings and weekends. That works really well for some people. And then there are other types of people. Right, if you're another type of profile, you're going to think that is one of the worst experiences that you can have, it's going to feel like soul death to right. you. I mean, there are people who are, again, like like you, very entrepreneurial and just couldn't be chained in that way. And your value around time and money is much more um, freedom. Like it's, it's much more you value autonomy, you value freedom, you value probably getting to have a lot of creative authority over how you spend your day and what you do. And, and you want to get paid for those efforts. Right. And you want your passion to be something that you get paid for because that really motivates you. So when you get clear on basically what the passion profile is, is one of four results that has a different combination of those three major values, time, money, and passion. Like when you combine them differently, they express a little bit differently, at least four different major ways. And once you get clear on that, it's kind of like understanding the cardinal um you know, the cardinal direction of where you should be headed in your life and career. It might not tell you exactly what I'm supposed to be doing yet, but it can cross off 75% of the options that you are considering right now that you probably shouldn't be because they are never going to be able to satisfy you. This would be like you, Alex, like having spent the next, you know, five years of your life just bouncing from job to job, asking yourself, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Why is none of this working for me? Well, it's because at heart, you're just a real entrepreneur and it's not 
that what you're doing was so bad. It was how you were doing it was just never going to align with the way you're wired. You likely could be doing a lot of the same daily tasks that you're doing now, but working for someone else in a much more limited way in your view and really hate what you're doing, even if it's the same stuff, just in a different container. So you just got a lo- much longer answer than you bargained for. <laughs> I mean, I just got a lot of value. I mean, I feel I feel naked right now. You guys know me so well. <laughs> I'm sorry my, that you're that easy to read. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my my yoga clothes are off now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad this isn't a video chat. <laughs> um, but this is this is I mean this is so much fun talking about discovering these things and finding out your passion and aligning them with time and money and if if that's even even right for you I mean I think these are like some of the most important questions uh, to know about yourself and like it took for me it took me going to business school to figure it out but it kind of it kind of requires some type of of uh, of impetus in life like just sitting in your job doing what you're doing and you're saying I don't like this why don't I like this. Um, So it sounds like you guys could be really helpful for someone like that. Well, you just brought up a good point, which is a lot of people are sitting at their desk and they're saying, why don't I like this? And what we've discovered is that most people take too much credit for for the problems that they're experiencing at work. And I don't mean that that means they should be irresponsible and shirk all responsibility (laughs) and not own up to anything. What I'm saying is that they assume they're the problem. They assume... I must be doing something wrong because I don't like this. Or there must or be something, something is wrong with me. Yeah. I'm broken in yeah. some way because right. everyone else around me seems like they're doing okay. I'm the only one who feels like this is completely grating on my soul. So what's wrong with me? And it it very likely has nothing to do with you being broken in any way. And it has everything to do with there's just a misalignment here. So the value system of the place you are is conflicting with your own value system. And that doesn't make either of them wrong. It just makes you a wrong fit. It's like dating. Like you you just are not on the same page. Nothing, you could be per- two perfectly fantastic human beings who just are not compatible. Aligned, not compatible. Yeah. So that is one of our first uh, things that we really try to reframe with people. And if anyone's listening to this right now, I really encourage you to start adopting a mindset of what if there's nothing wrong with me? Or the company. You don't right. have to judge yourself or them. You can just start to look at this as... Clearly, this is not a good fit. Something is not fitting here. So what changes am I going to have to make to either make this fit me better or to leave and find something that will fit me better? Right. Because as long as you take too much responsibility and you assume there is something wrong with you, you'll just keep job hopping. You'll keep trying new things. You'll maybe go back to grad school unnecessarily. I mean, you'll make so many like really reactive decisions that you might not need to be making because it's not something that needs to be fixed within you. It's not something you can even fix from the outside. It's something that you need to, you you need to first stop and understand, okay, how am I wired that might be different than the, than the environment that I'm currently in? And if I can understand the way I'm wired, then I can go in a direction that will suit that authentic, you know, person that I am with, it'll go with my wiring, not against it. It's like swimming upstream or just going with the current. We want to help people go with the current as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um that's I I love I love this that line of thinking. How am I how am I wired? Because right, when I was working in investment banking, I was surrounded by all these smart, hardworking people and we're all making lots of money. But I wasn't as good at the job as any of them and I didn't like doing the job. And it's like, well, what's I'm not as smart as these people, like I don't work as hard as these people. What it what is it? Yeah. And I never I didn't I didn't know the answer. 
And I just thought it was, mm, you're right, it was something that was wrong with me. And then I was like, oh, I'll go get a different job and that one will, I'll be better at that job. And it was like the same same thing. And then so I was like, okay, and now I really have to look inward and figure this out. And so what you guys do is, you're right, you're not genies. You're not going to be like, oh, you need to be a yoga instructor. You need to be a dentist. Nope. You, <laughs> you can help uh, kind of narrow down uh, jobs, lines of work that would be more aligned to, to who you are. Yeah, and then hold people accountable, especially if you're working with like a with with us one on one. Hold you accountable to actually exploring and investigating some of the some of the ideas and the curiosities you have that are aligned, and helping you really unravel and move past the fear that might be blocking you. Because when you first of all, there's a ton of fear and familial history and just deep-seated patterns that might even be preventing you from seeing all of the options in front of you in the first place. And then when you can see them, pursuing those things can be terrifying. And so helping you work through that and holding you accountable and making sure that, you know, you do what you say you're going to do is, I mean, that's just a huge part of coaching in general. And also keeping in mind that there's not one good option here. So not only do I not tell people you're you should be a yoga instructor or you should be a doctor because because I don't think that's helpful at all that's super limiting but also there's probably a dozen or more really good options that would align with your value system and the way you want to be working and what interests you and intrigues you and you don't so you're not looking for a needle in a haystack here you're looking through, we're, we're narrowing down options and then finding some really good ones and then you get to say okay this feels right to me right now and I know yeah. that in time, I might grow out of that experience and I might want to go into another one. Or this might stick with me for a long time. But you're not it's not like a soulmate situation where it's like there's only the one career out there that if I don't find it, I'm gonna be completely miserable and restless for my whole life. Like, no, there's a lot of good options. We're just here to help you identify them and then choose what feels good next. Yeah. And so you guys have built a brand around around this concept and there's a mm -hmm. podcast and there and there's writing. So I mean is is this the same kind of content that's that I can find on the podcast? Oh, I mean hundred percent of the time. Except I mean just about anything and everything. So Clarity on Fire is our site, it's our podcast. And we talk about career, we talk about life. I mean the theme, the underlying themes of what we do are always giving people permission to be who they are and want what they want and go with the way that they're wired in any way, not just when it comes to your career. I mean, we talk about your personality type. We talk about, you know, like family history. We talk about, you know, just all the fears that you've got built up. I mean, anything that prevents you from being the person you actually are is the kind of stuff we're interested in talking about. Because most of the time, people have been mis- like, we're completely miswired. Like we're programmed in a bad way and we need to undo our programming and it starts really young. And we're also just like kind of gunked up like with fear and with assumptions and with past failures and rejection. And so, so much of that prevents you from understanding how you're wired and how you're really meant to be living. And then once you understand it, it can still prevent you from taking action on it. And so everything we do is just to help you, you know, rewire yourself in the right way and degunk yourself. I know that sounds kind of <laughs> gross, but like you know, metaphysically speaking. And, and accept yourself so that you don't keep bucking against the way you're wired. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes that makes sense. Society, your, you're right, your society, your parents, your friends, whatever it is, has a huge influence on 
the type of person that you think you need to be. And maybe that's the completely wrong pursuit, the wrong goal. And so cutting through that, getting rid of it, that can be really helpful. Yeah. I mean, one of the, the, still to this day, the number one most downloaded episode of our podcast is the one about uh, getting over your people pleasing disease. So yeah, a lot of people, at least people who listen to us struggle with the concept of how do I live a life that's true to myself? And instead of being what everyone else wants. Yeah. Instead of being what everyone else wants me to be, which by the way, is the number one most regretted thing of the dying from that book, um, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. The number Mm -hmm. one is, why didn't I live a life that was more true to myself than what other people expected of me? And so, yeah, this is a universal struggle. And I think some people are better at just kind of bucking convention and letting go of the fear of what other people are going to think or the fear of disappointing people or the fear of just how it's going to look. You're going to look weird and no one's going to accept you. And most of us aren't that great at, th- at it, though, because we're wired, wired into us yeah. to be accepted and to feel a sense of belonging. And right. you don't want to jeopardize that. So it takes a lot of consciousness and intentionality to be able to look at that and say, you know what, I'm going to choose something else, even though I know it would be easier for me to do the expected thing here. It would be easier in a sort of conventional sense, but it would be a lot harder for me on the inside. Like, yeah, I would suffer. My soul would suffer if I kept doing what everyone expected of me. And so we very much try to grant from people permission to not have to live according to the way everyone else expects you to. And that you can actually find a ton of enjoyment and freedom in getting to live how you want to live and not lose all your friends and your family. Like you can't actually have it both ways. It just takes work to get there. And that's the work we help people do. Yeah. And I mean, that's a powerful idea of not living the way that society wants you to live and not having regrets on your deathbed, the number one thing. So, uh, I just want to leave listeners with that and I'll let you guys leave with the last word of how people can find you and more and, and all, all of that. Yeah. So yeah. Come find us on clarityonfire.com. Uh, take also, the quiz. C- yes. Take our free quiz. It's 11 questions. It's super fast. You're not going <laughs> to, you're not going to regret it. And also come find us on our podcast at also Clarity on Fire. Yeah. Which, anywhere podcasts are. Anywhere podcasts great. are downloaded plus YouTube. You can find us. Yeah. We're everywhere. <laughs> awesome. And keep a lookout for my quiz submission. Oh, good. Yes. Oh, we will. And I already know what you're going to be, but I want you to take it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that should be pretty obvious, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Rachel, Kristen, this was so, so much fun. Thanks for coming on and uh, I'll talk with you soon. Thanks. Perfect. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening today. If you like moving up, the best way you can support us is by telling your friends, helping us grow. Thanks. Thanks.